Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Amen. It's good to have you here this morning. Come on, if you're excited to be in the house of God, would you put your hands together and let God know that you're happy to be here? I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm excited. I don't take for granted anymore being in the presence of God. I don't take for granted anymore our opportunity to gather together as a body of believers and to gather together one another and to be able to worship together, to to have a band that we could worship with. I'm excited that you're here. I'm blessed that you're here this morning. But I got a word I want to share with you. And it's a word I I don't want to just preach to you this morning. I want to prophesy a new season to you this morning. I want you to prepare yourself, your family, for what I call the exponential season. That you're about to walk in, you're about to step in to a season of exponential. Everyone say exponential. Now, if you stand to your feet, turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 3. As you're turning there, that word exponential means, it literally means rapid increase. It means to, to grow exponentially to grow beyond comprehension there is a season of growth that you're about to head into come on say it again pastor you are about to head into a season of growth a season of blessing that you're gonna have a hard time keeping track of you're gonna find yourself growing at a level that you had never expected before and I want to challenge you in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 this is what it says now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to his power that works within us God doesn't just work outside of you he wants to work inside of you so now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Everyone says, amen. Air five your neighbor as you take your seats this morning. I I want you to understand something. You do not, listen carefully. I've seen a lot of believers and even unbelievers use this scripture as a declaration for blessing over their life, but you do not get Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 without first living Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14 through 19. Say it again, Pastor. There is a prerequisite that goes along with 320. In chapter 3, verse 14 through 19, you can read that. I, I did that last week. We talked about it. But he said, Paul prays a prayer. And when we get to verse 20, verse 20 is a culmination of that prayer. It's a doxology. It's a praise unto God for what God has done. He says, I pray that you be strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that Christ dwells in your heart. I pray that you would also be rooted and established in the love of God. And that you would also know the height, the depth, and the width of God's love. And then he closes out that you would be filled with the fullness of God when we have all all those things taking place in our life, then and only then do you have Ephesians 3.20 that you can now say exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond anything I could ask or think that belongs to me. Everyone say super abundantly. That word super abundantly is three Greek words that are put together to make one word, to make one declaration. 
And it literally means above and beyond. It, li it literally means super abundant. When we talk super abundance, that means you cannot exhaust God's ability to provide what it is that you're asking for. Please say that again, Pastor. Super abundant living is that you recognize that there is no lack when it comes to your resource. That, that the seasons may change, the economy may go up or down, corona may be, may be up or down, and it may affect the, the, the stock market, but it doesn't matter what's going on in the economy. I don't live based on the United States economy. I live by the economy of the kingdom. And as long as my king is on the throne, everything I need is provided. He is Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides, not the God of just enough or barely enough. He is the God of more than enough. So I can't exhaust his love. I can't exhaust his forgiveness. I can't exhaust his grace that wherever God is, I have the superabundance of God operating with me. I need you to understand something today. God looked at Moses and said, is there anything too hard for me? He asked Jeremiah, is there anything too hard for me to accomplish? I need you to understand, this is the same God that caused the sun to stand still and made it go backwards. The same God that raised Lazarus after four days. The same God that was able to split a sea so a nation could go through. The same God that allowed a nation to walk around walls and see those walls come down. The same God that gave sight to a blind man, gave hearing to the deaf, was able to, to speak life to those that were distressed, give value to women and also begin to bless children. I'm here to tell you there is nothing. Someone say nothing. There is nothing too hard for your God. Somebody say amen. Now, I, I want to take you somewhere this morning, okay? So I, I want to uh, not only preach, but I want to teach a little bit in, in letting you be uh, unlock the keys of exponential. I, I came here this morning as a locksmith. I came to unlock some things in your life this morning. For those of you watching online, we're here to unlock some things. That poverty mentality, the just getting by idea. I'm here to tell you something, that you are about to enter into that exponential season of rapid growth. You're about to walk in to a season of blessing. But that exponential isn't so that you could be comfortable. Exponential blessing isn't to raise your standard of living. But it's to raise your standard of giving. It's not for your comfort. It's for God's glory. God, God doesn't bless you so that you can extend your, 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 your level of living. It's so that he can get glory when people look at how God's blessings has come about in your life. And when we talk about an exponential season, exponential is not financial. And as a church, when we think exponential, we're only thinking that God wants to bless you financially. The blessings God wants to give to you go beyond financial. That means there's enough forgiveness in your marriage, enough understanding with your children, enough love to give to your family, enough compassion to touch the world that you recognize an exponential season affects all areas of your life. Because God is able exceedingly and accordingly. I want you to turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 26. Come on. Genesis 26. Don't just listen to the word today. Follow along. In fact, for those of you at home, take out a pen and pad and start writing some things down. Start writing some notes down. Tune in this morning. Get, get rid of the distractions. Genesis chapter 26. 
I want you to see here in verse 1. Now, Isaac, Abraham's son, is now becoming the leader of the family, so to speak. His dad is, has passed away, and now that, that, that anointing, that promise that rested on his dad is now on him. But it says this in verse 1. Now, there was a famine in the land. Everyone say famine. famine. What, what's a famine? What was that? Lack. What else? Nothing. What happens in famine? Scarcity. What was that? Panic. Panic. Yeah. We, we are in a famine right now. Corona has created a famine. There, there's, a, there, there's a famine that's going on and there's a panic that's happening in the land where people are freaked out. People are losing their jobs. Companies that have been the cornerstone of even the Bay Area, the Googles, the Apples, and these tech companies. Now, the very thing that we thought could never be shaken. Now we find famine taking place where many people are trying to figure out, where's my next meal going to come from? They've been paying me to now, but what's going to happen? Famine is where nothing grows. Famine is when the environment has shifted to the point that nothing will grow. Nothing will be sustained. Whenever you find yourself in a season of famine, and that's where they're in. Now, there was a famine in the land besides the famine of Abraham's time. Now, that tells me this, two things. That tells me that his dad went through a famine. My, my, my parents went through a famine. Their parents went through famine. It may not have been a pandemic, but there was a famine during their times. Famines are not uncommon. James says, don't think it's strange when you endure various trials. That something strange has overcome you. Tough times are part of life. All of us are going to go through a season of trouble. We're all going to go through a season of panic. You're not everything is going to be hunky-dory in your life. There's only two kinds of people with problems, the saved and the unsaved. Those that know God and those that don't know God. In other words, for those of you at home, everyone goes through tough times. And he says this, And Isaac went down to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, in Gerar. And the Lord appeared to Isaac, check this out, and said, Do not go to where? Now, Egypt was usually, we look at it, Egypt being a place of sin where you go back to Egypt. Don't go back to Egypt. But in these times, God used Egypt as a place of provision for his people. So when Abraham went through a famine, God sent him to Egypt in order to provide for him. When, when, when the children of Israel found themselves in famine, they go back. Abraham sends his son back to Egypt. And, and, or not Abraham, but Israel sends his sons to, to, to Egypt to buy grain, not knowing that his son Joseph is now the leader and the ruler of that area. There's a time that Egypt is a place of provision. But something happens here that I want you to grab a hold of. The Lord tells him, do not. Someone say, do not. Do not go down to Egypt. In other words, don't go to the place where you usually go to get your resource. Don't go to your default. 
Don't go to the place that normally supplies your need. I'm going to do something supernatural. I'm about to do something exponential in your life. I'm about to do something you've never seen before. And you can't go to the same source and expect me to bless you because you're relying on the place rather than on the God. Oh, come on. Somebody got to grab a hold of this. Don't go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. Stay. Everyone say stay. In this land for a while, and I will be with you, and I will bless you. Anyone want to be blessed this morning? <laughs> famine comes in many forms. It comes economically, socially. There could be a health famine that goes on. We could find relational famines, emotional famines that we face. That we face. Now, now, famine literally means this. It literally means that the environment cannot sustain growth or production. It can't sustain growth. Have you ever grown in a season and all of a sudden go back again? You start getting healthy, start losing weight, and all of a sudden you put five pounds on. All of a sudden you feel like you're on the verge of getting out of debt and you end up with a bill that comes in that knocks you out. Come on, you know what I'm talking If you feel spiritually, man, I prayed all week, I'm doing good, and then all of a sudden you fall off the wagon. Famine means things can't grow can't produce. But I, I want to speak this to you. Those of you at home I, and those of you here right now, listen, tune into this. God always creates an environment before he creates a thing. God created the environment called Eden before he placed a man there. God always creates an atmosphere. He created the earth before he created plants. He created a pasture before he created cows. He created water before he created fish. God will always create an environment before God creates a substance. Before God puts anything in a thing, God always first creates the environment for that thing to dwell. Come on, somebody. Follow. Don't, don't worry about the screen right now. I, I want you to understand something, what's going on. God creates environments. When a famine arises, a famine is changing the environment God intended for your life. And so in order to fix it, you have to change the environment. This, God established the, the, the garden first before he put a man there. Now, now this, this causes me to stop and pause, and I wonder... Why do so many people end up getting married without first creating an environment of love or of, uh, of commitment? You want to get the ring, but you don't want to be exclusive. You got to create an environment first that sustains exclusivity before you try to lock yourself down to one person. One man, one wife. You got to understand that you have to create the environment first. You, if you're so selfish and then you want a kid and you bring a child into a selfish environment, that child cannot develop. So you have to first stop the cycle of self before you create an environment that you can introduce a child to. It's not all about you. Are you following me? You, you, you can't start a business when you don't have the work ethic or the environment to keep that business going. 
can't do the nine to five thing if you're starting a business. I don't know if you're hearing me this morning. So, so when the famine starts, Isaac remembers his dad. Dad went down to Egypt. Dad went to Egypt, so maybe I should go there too. And God says, don't go. L- listen to me. I'm speaking to someone right now. Don't go. You're about to make a move. Don't go. You're about to step out of a marriage. Don't step out. You're about to break a relationship. Don't break out. You're about to leave your church, your business. You're about to leave your school. You're about to quit something. Stop. God can bless you right where you're at. I said God can bless you right where you're at. It's going to be, you can go to Egypt. You can go to that old place and you can find blessing and provision. But God's saying this, I'm going to do a greater miracle for you, Isaac, right here. Trust me, don't go anywhere. I'm going to provide for you right here. It's easier to go somewhere else. It's easier to look for another job, another city, another state, another husband, another wife, another church, another ministry, another business. But I'm here to tell you stay put trust me because I want you to understand just because you follow God doesn't mean that famines won't arise but it does mean that you're protected from the effects of the famine now now follow me on this I'm gonna take you somewhere I'm gonna take you somewhere about to unlock some things you see God tells him his mind says to leave everyone say leave God tells him to what stay Okay, for those of you that, that, that are with me, he, his dad left. Now God's telling him to stay. We have a decision to make. Every day we make, the, they, they say that an average human makes. Now, th- these are remotely conscious decisions. Over 35,000 decisions we make a day. 35,000 decisions that, that we make. On, on, and every one of those decisions has a ramification. It has a blessing or a curse. What, what you eat, who you're going to marry, what you're going to name your kids, what, going through the drive-thru, what, whatever, everything, what, whatever you de- make choice, I'm going to work out, I'm not going to work out, I, I'm going I'm to give forgiveness, I'm going to give love, what, whatever it is, every one of us has decisions that we make. And we are in control of those choices. But I'm here to tell you this, life does not happen by chance, life happens by choice. The life you're living right now doesn't happen by coincidence. It happens by choice. The decisions, who you are today is the culmination of the decisions you made yesterday. So what does Abraham do? I got to get going. Abraham obeys. Everyone say obey. Genesis 26 verse 6 says this. So Isaac stayed. Everyone say stayed. He stayed in Gerar. He, he, he could have left. Listen to me. There's a lot of things you can choose in life. I'm going to close in a moment, so stay with me. There's a lot of things you can choose in life, but your purpose is not one of them. You can choose your wife. You can choose your clothes. You can choose your house. You can choose your car. You don't get to choose your purpose. God determines that. You don't, you don't even determine your place. God determines when we're born, the boundaries by which we live. And whenever we get out of the will of God, we find ourselves in trouble. I want to encourage you. There is no decision as important as saying yes to your purpose. Isaac could have missed it. 
Isaac could have ended up missing it had he disobeyed God. But he stayed. It went against his better judgment. It looked like the grass was greener on the other side. But he stayed. And so in a time of famine, he obeyed. In the time of famine, he stayed. In the time of famine, he planted. And in the time of famine, he ended up prospering. What am I telling you as I close? I want you to see this. That there's times that God may call you to do something. And you don't understand what he's asking you to do. But God doesn't call you to understanding. He calls you to obedience. And there's things that God asks us to do that don't make sense and they, they don't are equal out according to the world's point of view. But I'm here to tell you that it's through obedience that you gain understanding, that I don't un always understand what God may be asking me to do. Isaac was part of this. His dad took him up to a mountain and was about to kill him. And he understood. He didn't understand what was going on at the time, but he trusted enough to know that his father loved him and that no matter what was going to happen, his father was going to be there for him. And so he trusted. He put himself in a place where he didn't understand. So he did obey. And it was through that obedience that understanding came. I believe it was because of that experience that he was able to stand in that moment. Now, now notice this, Genesis chapter 26. Thank you, Omaha. Verse 12 through 13. I want you to see what he does here. This is, this is so powerful. Are you still with me? Isaac planted. Everyone say planted. Dude, what are you doing? Don't you know there's a famine going on right now? Isaac planted in the land that same year and reaped what? Man, wouldn't you, if I were to give you a stock that would return to you a hundredfold, how many wouldn't, wouldn't jump onto that stock? Invest into that company. He planted and reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. Some of you have been investing, you've been sowing, and you haven't got anything back. I'm here to tell you that your hundredfold season is about to start taking place this morning. The man became, now check this out, this exponential, exceedingly, abundantly, above. He became rich, his wealth continued to grow, and he became very wealthy. We're not just talking money. See, it makes no sense to plant in a famine. The, the, the Hebrew word zarah is what's used for planting. It means to sow, it means to plant, it means to conceive. But I love this term, it means to invest. You can't get exceedingly abundantly above and beyond without first having. He says, I will give you exceedingly abundantly above and beyond anything you ask or ask, think. Ask. So if you're not asking for anything and you're not thinking about anything, then God has nothing to exceedingly abundantly above to do in your life. 
So when I give, I want to challenge you. This is going to sound funny coming from a pastor in this season. Stop giving. Stop giving to the church. Stop giving money. Stop giving your tithe. Stop giving your offering. Start investing. Start sowing. Start planting seed. And when there's not a farmer that plants seed that doesn't expect that seed to produce something. I garden in my backyard and when I plant seed and I plant a tomato or I plant corn or I plant watermelon or whatever strawberries, whatever I put in the ground, I expect that seed to produce and bring something back. I want to encourage you today to stop giving to the church and start investing into the kingdom and start sowing. And as you give, start getting, God, I'm getting ready for my blessing. I'm getting ready for my harvest. And what am I talking about? I'm not even talking about just money start investing in your marriage start investing love and understanding in your children start investing in your relationship start investing in your family take time and invest in your church in your community stop giving start sowing trust the process next week I'm going to talk about the God of cycles haven't preached on that in years. But our God is a God of cycles. The harvest you're receiving today is a result of the seeds you planted yesterday. What are you harvesting in your family right now? What kind of seeds are you harvesting in your job? What kind of harvest are you getting in your mind right now? I want to speak to those of you at home right now. I want to challenge you. Let's stop giving and let's start sowing. Invest. Start expecting a return from God and the time that you've put into the word and the prayers that you pray. Lord, I expect return on the seeds that I'm putting in right now. I'm trusting you that you are true to your word. That God is not mocked whatsoever a man soweth. That also shall he reap. I want you to stand to your feet with me right now. I want you to prepare your hearts for a season of exponential. God, I don't want to just give. I don't want to just survive. Isaac was trying to survive and he went from survival to success. But even success wasn't enough for him. He says he began to be blessed or get, get rich. Many of us see breakthrough and then we stop when we start breaking out of our poverty. But he didn't stop there. The Hebrew word for the second where he continued, everyone say continued. It means to walk it out. I said walk it out. Many of us start seeing a breakthrough in our marriage and our family and our health and we stop. He continued, keep doing the things that are bringing about a return. Don't stop at success. Step into significance. Go beyond the levels that, God, that, that you have for yourself. Begin to have the exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond kind of idea and expectation of God. Come on, lift your hands all over this place at home as well. I speak this over your life. Lord, we release an exponential season. 
But Lord, we realize that we don't get exponential without first having the fullness of the Holy Spirit within us. Lord, we surrender to you. If a famine is an environment where things don't produce or grow, then I have to change the environment around me and in me in order to see growth. Lord, you created the water for the fish, the sky for the birds, the ground for the plants. But God, you created me for you. You gave Adam your image before you gave him your breath. Adam was designed to carry your breath. I was designed to carry your breath. The presence of God is my water, it's my sky, it's my dirt. It's the environment by which I thrive. So Lord, if I'm disconnected from you today, right now I want you to take an inventory of your life. Are you disconnected from God? It's very easy to get disconnected in this season of COVID, of, of distant learning and distant worship. But I want you to check your heart right now. How close are you to the environment of God? You are the environment that God wants to dwell in. And I want you right now, those of you here and those at home, just say this with me. Holy Spirit, I make room for you. I don't want you just to be with me. I want you to dwell in me. I want exponential. I want to believe you for more. I'm believing for exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond. I want to step in to my super abundance time. I speak an exponential season over my life in Jesus' name. The Father, as we close this morning, I pray, Father, for every individual here. Raise our expectations. Lord, we've gotten to the point where many have been beaten down so much they've given up hope on things. Lord, we are pulling right now in your spirit because we expect more. Because you are a God of more. And I trust you for more. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Everyone says, amen. Come on, give God a shout of praise this morning. For those of you at home, we invite you to get to know God, our exponential God, a God of more than enough. If you're in that season right now where you're struggling to get by, I'm here to tell you that he loves you more than you even understand and you can expect that God wants to exceed your expectations. And if you don't know Jesus, I want you just to say this prayer with me and invite the King of glory into your house, big enough to take care of the whole universe, yet loving enough to take care of you. So Father, just say this with me. Heavenly Father, I receive you now as Lord and Savior. I want my life to count. So I surrender it to you. I believe Jesus died on the cross, rose again three days later, and is coming back for me someday. I make a choice today to be a follower of Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I speak ex exponential over you. Do me a favor, type the word alive to the number on the screen for those of you at home. And we, we'll have someone reach out to you. We love you. God bless you. And let's believe God for an exponential season. Come on, let's give God a shout of praise this morning.
Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.